the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, folks, I was explaining to our guest this week, Diane Tessman, that this show is, in a sense, computerized. Because I'll just tell you listeners, we do it in 12 separate segments. Each recording is edited down to a specific time. And GCN, our network, they set it up so it keys in the commercials. So when people ask us why do we have commercial breaks when we do, it's all computerized. And we have no control over the process, so we simply work within the process. But in scheduling Diane Tessman, I realize that she's very close to an old friend of mine, Tim Beckley. And I kept thinking, gee, I must have met her somewhere along the line, because for many years I worked two doors down from Tim Beckley's apartment in New York City. And it ends up, of course, that I didn't. We never met because you always lived too far from me, right, Diane? Yeah, I've been to New York City uh, once or twice in my life, but it was when it was younger, when I was uh, just about 20. I was there in the late 1960s, and it was pretty wild, but I didn't get to Tim's office or anything. Tim used to come and see me (laughs) in Florida or San Diego, and I never had to go see him. (laughs) I never met you before. (laughs) Well, consider yourself lucky. (laughs) But speaking of meeting, a really strange story came my way, courtesy of our co-host, Jay Randall Murphy. And that is, was it 20 years ago, Randall, you were picking up a book that Diane had written? And what happened next? Well, I'm, I'm not actually sure if it was when the Diane had written or not. I spent some time fishing through my thousands of books to try and find the one that I, that came to my attention. But Diane, did, did you and Tim ever hang out together or meet up at a UFO convention or anything like that? Tim used to put on UFO conventions, and I did... A uh, couple back in the in the uh, 1980s, and then I did three in the 1990s in Denver, Phoenix, and Palm Springs. It was his sponsored conferences, and I was a keynote speaker or sometimes just a speaker. And I'm assuming he was there at the yeah, he conferences. Yeah, was, he was there, yeah. Okay, all right, this, this fits perfectly then, because, well, I live in Calgary, Canada. Uh-huh. And uh, I've been interested in this since I was a, a kid. I started collecting used books on and everything and anything. Back in or somewhere around the 80s, I started doing that. I mean, I'd read a number before that, but I really started collecting them then. And I would go to the used bookstores. And I brought home a stack one day, and I was going through them to just to check their condition. And this note fell out, <laughs> yeah. handwritten note by you. To oh. Tim, <laughs> this saying something oh, about you were going, you were going to meet. No, it wasn't. It wasn't anything. Well, it just says you were going to meet him at, at I think, like the cafeteria or something along those lines. I have oh. to find it and put it up. You don't remember the title of the book? Was it one of my books or just a book? I, that doesn't make any difference, really. But I'm just curious. That's just the thing. Uh, it may have been, but I can't be sure. I'm not even sure exactly what the note said. All I remember is it really kind of stuck with me because I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. And at the time, I didn't even know who you were. And I didn't even know you were referring to Tim. It's somewhere <laughs> along the way, I actually ended up becoming a, a member of Tim's UFOIL, UFO Investigators League. Uh-huh. And, then, and then, of course, 
I began to wonder, and, and I looked you up, and I thought, oh, this has got to be, right? And it's your name is right on it. So it, it could only be that Diane Tessman. There's a few of you out there, but not one that would be writing a note to Tim Beckley. So No, <laughs> the other <laughs> lady makes hats in St. Yeah. Louis. Yeah, yeah, they're quite nice, actually. They're pretty. Yeah, I can't make a hat, so it's not. <laughs> but I just thought, you know, Tim's always on about synchronicities. I'm just imagining the journey of this little piece of paper from, from wherever you wrote it, on uh-huh. whatever table, you know, into this book through so many people's hands yeah. to a, a used bookstore in Calgary where I would read it and then 20 something years later end up doing an interview with you on the yeah. radio. That's so, a big synchronicity. It's just really fun. Anyway, it's glad you're here. Thank you. Well, I think in terms of synchronicity, just the mere fact now that I worked two different jobs, two doors away from Tim Beckley's apartment is weird. I mean, God, think about this now. New York City is a pretty big place. I had moved to New Jersey and sought a job in New York, and I needed some extra money, so I took a part-time job. And the part-time job was at a place two doors from Tim. And I ended up working in that area probably six or eight years. But of all the places people lived, Mm -hmm. that's going to be strange. Also... It was around the corner from where I had my first semi-full-time job. I worked with Jim Mosley at Saucer News, and he had offices at 303 Fifth Avenue, which is right around the corner. Beckley Manor, we call it. But seriously speaking, I worked around the corner, and then there was a diner across from that office where Jim and I would have dinner every night. So all this, working so many years within this small, small area... And I've lived in different parts of the country. This has got to be weird. But let's not deal with that kind of weirdness. Let's deal with other things. You've got a book out just out recently called Future Humans and the UFOs, Time for New Thinking. But before we look at the new thinking, Diane Tessman, we should look at the old thinking. What path led you to that book? Well, I had two encounters when I was four years old. I guess they could be called abductions. And I kind of put them back in my mind. Um, I always had a few conscious memories, but I went ahead with with life. I uh, became a teacher. I taught ESL. English is a second language. Uh, in the Virgin Islands and then uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. And I raised my daughter, was a single mother, and we moved to San Diego. Well, back in uh, Florida, when I, in my spare time from teaching, I uh, was field investigator with APRO, the old Aerial Phenomenon Research Organization. This would be the late 70s into 1980. And I was briefly field uh, or uh, state section director for MUFON in Florida, MUFON in Florida. Uh, Not for very long because my daughter and I moved to California. So I met, back to Tim Beckley for a minute, I, I uh, sent, I wrote him a letter for his UFO review because I had remained interested in the subject. I loved Brad Steiger's early books and uh, one, a synchronicity, later became, through Tim, became friends with him and Sherry, who just passed on recently. Uh, she went to Brad. Uh, they uh, they were soulmates, if they were ever were soulmates. And uh, anyway, um, 
uh, I had always been interested in UFOs and uh, was with MUFON and APRO. And then when I moved to, oh, yeah, Tim Beckley. So <laughs> I forgot about him. Um, so Tim, if I, he hears this, Tim Beckley will, of course, be very upset that you forgot about him, I that forgot, you had the just, nerve. Just for, just for a second. Uh, He'll forgive us. So I wrote a letter to UFO Reviewer. It might have been an article and uh, didn't think much more of it. And then here came Tim Beckley down to Florida and uh, and uh, from New York and took me out to dinner. And then when I went to uh, Sandy, when we moved to California, why, uh, here comes Tim Beckley. And he was very I couldn't get into teaching in California. I didn't have my master's. I didn't. Pl I planned to get into teaching, so it was a bit of a disaster. Um, the rents were high. Didn't have my master's degree, and then there was a uh, recession in the early '80s, and they weren't hiring either. So Tim suggested that I start. Uh, well, first to to do psychic readings, and I said, Tim, I'm not really a psychic. Diane Tessman telling us about her background. More to come with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. You know what's really smart? Wash your hands frequently, practice social distancing, and stay home if told to do so. You know what's really dumb? To ignore your immune system. Right now, more than ever, your health depends on a strong immune system. The experts at Immunicorp will give you their seven-step guide to immunity for life, free. Why? Because we want you to be smart and healthy. Simply call 800-446-3063 or click immunityforlife.com. Immunocorp has been producing the world's leading immune system products for more than two decades. To get your free seven-step guide to immunity for life, call 800-446-3063. 800-446-3063. Be smart. Don't ignore your immune system. Your life depends on it. Call 800-446-3063 or click immunityforlife.com. Immunityforlife.com.
Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug outhouse that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Diane Tessman, the teacher, and now the road to psychic? With, because of Tim Beckley? Tell us more. Yeah, yeah. That, talk about a bad influence from teacher to psychic. Oh, well, that's Tim for that's, you. That's Tim. <laughs> so I didn't really want to be a psychic, but I did have these serious UFO memories, and uh, especially of one being or a man, for all intents, a human, that uh, I had encountered. So he suggested, too, that I start a spiritual newsletter. It was the early 80s, and the new age was was dawning. And I did, and it was very successful. So in a matter of a few months, I was no longer uh destitute in San Diego. Having been a teacher, it was really traumatic. I'm not qualified. I wasn't to do anything else. So it was uh, a few hectic months there. But I got I started my own business then and did conferences and he uh, promoted me and and uh, but our we always kind of remained separate in our our business. He did publish The Transformation. That was my very first book, uh, written on a garage sale typewriter. I paid $5 for and Excuse he, me, what kind of typewriter? I'm always curious. I don't remember what the name of it was. It was a real clunky one because it was old in, in the early 80s. It was at a garage sale. It and wasn't uh, an electric typewriter then. It was a manual. No, it was manual. 
that one was. Later, I had electric typewriters. That's uh, also how how Tim played a part in my early career. Got me started. Gave me the really the biggest gift that he gave me was the confidence that I had something to offer in the UFO spiritual field. So that's that's my early career. But always hearkening back to that original experience when I was really very young, child. <laughs> I think children do have very interesting experiences, but they're often just um, sort of shuffled off by adults as, you know, the wild imaginations of, uh, of children, not taken very seriously. Yeah, in my case, it was more like, I mean, I've had people ask, well, do you think you're you're covering for the fact you were molested or something. No, absolutely not. I've, I've looked into that, and uh, Dr. Leo Sprinkle gave me uh, some psychological tests before he regressed me in uh, the 1980s. And no, it, it isn't a cover for that. But I did what children sometimes do, which is I just never mentioned it to anybody. That was partly because... Um, I was kind of a, a shy child who was an observer of life, but also um, my parents, both, they loved me dearly, but they were a bit dysfunctional as far as they were concerned. They argued all the time, and uh, I had one brother, half-brother, 10 years older, who wasn't much of a brother, so I had kind of a lonely childhood, and this experience um, taught me to really love nature, and um, uh, after it, I looked into Native American spiritualism and beliefs. When I was six and seven years old, I was reading adult books on on Native American beliefs, and uh, would just go out in nature with my dog and my cats. And we had a, a farm in Iowa, so I could just wander safely. Uh, and I just kept it to myself, pretty much. I so want to ask quickly, Diane, do you have Native American ancestry or what? No, but uh, I don't. Um, but the farm that we lived on had been used, apparently, by the Lakota before the white men drove them off. Uh, for, I don't know, for gatherings or maybe just to live on. But there was a creek there, Turtle Creek. And uh, I moved back. It's uh, Where the encounters took place is about two miles over because after living in a bunch of places during my life, I moved back to the same area partly with the idea of, well, I don't think there he's going to, the, the, UFO is going to come back exactly, but I just, I always wanted to return to Iowa. So, uh, Iowa, everybody kids me because I say Iowa. That's what I wouldn't say is just Iowa. But anyway, Iowa, the land is, is so productive and rich, and yet it's just farmed out of existence, just... Uh, uh, chemicals poured on it year after year, and corn grown year after year of, uh, you know, of GMO corn. So, I but I always loved the Iowa land, and I think the Lakotas echoed in the uh, land that I grew up on. Is how that connection got there. 
we, your actual heritage is, I think, it's, uh, is it not Irish? It's not all Irish, but I did fall in love with Ireland in a big way. Oh, okay. I, I have some Irish. But, uh, yeah, Ireland grabbed me spiritually back in the 1990s, and I moved there for five years, my daughter and I, and uh, our St. Bernard and uh, seven cats. We all moved to Ireland for five years, um, and it was uh, wonderful. I left part of my heart there. It was a beautiful experience. What brought you back? Uh, <laughs> things in life. Uh, there was also a love affair that ended, quite frankly, and I couldn't make a living uh, because I, my, the people that uh, subscribed to my newsletters were so loyal that they still dealt with me when I was in Ireland, which meant they had to write checks, U.S. checks, and then I had to, they had to be put into Irish punts over in Ireland, and you would just think that customers would fall away and think, oh, I'm not going to bother. I don't even, you know, Ireland's a, a million miles away. I'm not going to deal with somebody that, and yet they stayed with me uh, for those five years, but it was getting less and less, and I couldn't find any new people to, uh, the Irish weren't really interested. They like fairies and whatnot, but at that time, they weren't particularly into UFOs. When you talk about this, Diane, I'm thinking here, we forget how difficult things were. You wanted to talk to somebody in Ireland in the 80s, prepare to pay a really, really big phone bill. Sending money, just sending snail mail. And we, of course, <laughs> are today, of course, we're cheated out of all that joy because we're spoiled. We have PayPal. I can pay anybody anywhere in the world with PayPal, and it can be auto-converted to the monetary system. So if I send something to Randall, it's converted or can be converted to Canadian dollars. So it doesn't matter. Listen, we have a lot more to talk about, and I want to really segue and move quickly in our next segment to this book, Future Humans and the UFOs, Time for New Thinking. And I'm thinking, just looking at the title, we're talking about time travel here, I suspect, and we'll... Learn more about this book in our next segment. Diane Tessman joining us with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. 
Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. USA Radio News with Wendy King. There's a new scare from the coronavirus in New York. A disease that may be linked to the virus is affecting small children. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo spoke about a mysterious illness that has now taken the lives of three children in the state. Toddler elementary school children are presenting symptoms similar to Kawasaki disease or toxic shock-like syndrome. He says it affects children's blood vessels and potentially the heart. The state health department is studying 73 cases in which children with the syndrome have COVID-19 antibodies or tested positive for the coronavirus. The major U.S. airline trade group, Airlines for America, says it backs the idea of checking the temperatures of passengers and some employees during the coronavirus pandemic. This is USA Radio News. I spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me, your handy chains dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Dahibo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, Dahibo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people and can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. Dehebo Tea Club's original pure Pau de Arco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. That's ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, The Gold Standard of Paranormal Radio. Okay, so from the 80s in Ireland, and you're struggling to make a living and process some money from people there, let's move quickly into how 
the current book came to be, Diane Tessman. Go ahead. Ah, well, I moved back from Ireland. My daughter and I did, although she had returned earlier to the States, and I stayed in Ireland. So uh, returned, lived in Joshua Tree, California, and I reestablished my spiritual business, channeling, but I call it shared consciousness. Um, and uh, then uh, that continued. I, I moved back. I'm not a desert person, so I got... 10 acres in Iowa that I could afford, and I bought it, and I started an animal refuge and a a cat sanctuary, which I've had now for 23 years. And then about 12, 15 years ago, my shared consciousness um, and myself wanted to write more scientifically. We still do the spiritual messages, but I started doing science speculation and I had always, well, in my encounter, the man had said, we are from your future. And he could have been lying. I don't think he was, but I spent my life exploring, was he lying? Was that the truth? Almost like a a quest. I I had a very unusual life, didn't uh, plan a wedding and marriage and whatnot, but researched this in various ways, and it was time to apply scientific thinking, logic, and, uh, of course, that doesn't always go with uh, spiritual things that you have to take a leap of logic sometimes to accept, but uh, I managed to balance both of them. I'm still doing the spiritual messages, but after looking into everything from plasma beings to dark matter, biosphere beings, could UFOs come from dark matter, could we be in a computer simulation, which is one of my leading ideas, or I think that could be, but I realize that I really do think that a great number of UFOs are us from the future. I don't deny that there are thousands of advanced DT races in the galaxy. Some may visit Earth, but I am more convinced that it is our children's children's children who are the occupants in a lot of UFOs. And I think that's been kind of, everybody always says, well, time time travel back is fantasy. It can't exist. Well, you know, Michio Kaku has recently said, once confined to fantasy and science fiction, it is now simply an engineering problem. And I got to know Jack Sarfati, who is a brilliant physicist. He's a bit irascible. He's not the most popular man in the world, but he is a brilliant physicist. And uh, I, I interviewed him for the book. And then I also think that um, most UFO beings are human, are very human or humanoid. And I don't think if they came from a far, far distant planet that they would be so human or humanoid. And so I got uh, Dr. Uh, Mike Masters, who's also written a time travel book. Uh, he is a uh, to write on the evolution, the likeliness likelihood that this is us having in our next evolutionary step. And that's what his book is about also. And then I got Jacques Vallée, of all people, uh, who is always uh, for my book. 
future humans and the UFOs. And Jock has always felt that it's something closer to Earth uh, than ETs. So uh, I started, uh, I wanted to write a book. I mentioned it to Tim, but it just didn't fit in right at that time with uh, with Tim and Phil Mantle of Flying Disc Press expressed an interest in it. And so he published, uh, gave the go-ahead, and I wrote the book saying that we need to reconsider. We've too easily felt that it's ETs. We just accept that. And uh, I, I think it's time for new thinking to take another look at it. Okay, so you've got the book. And uh, you were just describing uh, a couple of the reasons that y- you think it makes sense that they are coming from the future. And in your book, you've got what you call seven logical reasons. So I think we ought to go through those and we don't have to um, uh, give out the entire contents of the book. Of course, we want some people to pick it up to look into it deeper. But uh, let's cover those seven reasons. And we've got reason number one, who needs a prime directive? Tell us what that's about. Well, it seems that um, ETs from far distant planets um, would say hello, should have said hello to the people of Earth. Um, why wouldn't they have? Well, if it's future humans, they have a bigger stake in Earth. And if people found out that it was future humans, um, it would really upset the power structure, even more than uh, ETs, the disclosure that it's ETs. Um, The intricacies of time travel, I just uh, feel that there is some kind of a directive of non-interference before, I think there's a threshold between those beings who have escaped time, who have discovered time travel, and those beings who have not, who are chained to time, to the march of time. And so there is a huge difference between those who time travel back and current humans. Uh, To us, uh, we can't even imagine what it would be if you could travel, if you could manipulate time to the point that you almost aren't even of time at all. It's it's a huge release from the chains of time, and it must be hard to handle. I mean, it, it's a, a crazy thing. That's why I guess people think it has to be fantasy. Uh, but I think that as far as the non-interference directive, oh, also people always say the grandfather paradox that uh, if we... Uh, came back and killed our grandfather or our father or even ourselves, would we change history? Uh, Well, probably not, because there is a uh, Novikov principle that Dr. Sarfati uh, taught me about uh, that says uh, you can't really change what's going to be will still be. There is a 0% chance that you'll change time. 
because you existed. You exist. Um, it's hard to word, but um, uh, there are so many intricacies of time travel that I can see more why there would be a non-interference directive with, uh, you can look, I hate to, to mention it too often, but I love original Star Trek. And um, you only have to think about their non-interference directive as to why it would be so terribly important. Right. But with Star Trek, that was, of course, a plot device. We can't interfere, but they do. Every week or every yeah, other week, they, they found a way to interfere. And the question I'd have here, too, which is about UFOs in general, regardless of origins, are dealing with physical beings that come here, even if there is a non-interference some kind of treaty or some kind of some kind of motivation, a policy, whatever it is, an edict. And we can get into this in the next segment. The mere presence of UFOs, possible space beings, once someone sees it, that's interference. Because the big thing, of course, in Star Trek, when they went back through time, it was always couched in, well... If they see us, they'll just think it's another UFO and they won't pay attention. But you know what? The presence of a UFO can change somebody's life. So that is altering time. We've got more to come with Diane Tessman. Regina Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have... A Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. Houseflies defecate every four to five minutes, spreading diseases and germs. Protect your food and your health with Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic, no batteries required, only $39.95. Use discount code GCN and get an extra 10% off your purchase at bugassault.com. Fire your fly swatter. Get your bug assault today. 
Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Attention homeowners that have ever had a broken appliance. (laughs) That's a joke, right? We've all had broken appliances. I own a home just like you and have found a way for as little as a dollar a day to have all the major appliances in my home on a warranty plan. They're guaranteed to be fixed or replaced. You know how expensive an air conditioner, the heating system, a washing machine, dryer, water heater, or refrigerator can be. For about a dollar a day, all your major appliances are protected in case they break. Unless you're uh, Daddy Warbucks or the Monopoly guy and you don't care about money, call my friends at the Home Service Club now and get a warranty on your major appliances. It's a free call, and the first month is free. But be one of the first 25 people to call within the next 10 minutes. 800-825-6796. 800-825-6796. 800-825-6796. Again, that's 800-825-6796. This is Being the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, exactly according to my plan. So the focus here, of course, is if UFOs are being driven or piloted by time travelers from our future, even if they have a policy not to interfere with the past, that they are here and seen is interference, isn't it, Diane? It is, and I think that there's probably more rules to traveling back to your ancestors than the um, income tax code book. <laughs> I think that they do want to nudge us along. They want us to evolve. They want us to get past this very difficult time. And for all I know, they still have difficult times. I don't pretend to know what their world is like. But whether it's ETs or time travelers, they apparently don't mind being seen. Because what you're saying goes for ETs as well. Okay, they haven't manifested either and said, hi, here we are. We came on down. Neither of them have, neither ETs or or, uh, time travelers. So I think that they nudge us toward information, toward more enlightenment, uh, toward knowledge. But there are rules that you don't just show up and say, what the man told me, hi, we're from your future. Don't ask me why he said that. <laughs> Maybe so that one person would write this book, <laughs> but it hasn't It hasn't sold to millions of people, so I'm not sure what he was thinking. Well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it could have been maybe not literal, 
like if they're not like really proficient in the English language, it might have been a way of saying that they'll be back at some time in the future. They plan on returning. You know, we're from your future could be interpreted that way. If I knew I was going to be back to visit someone, I might say, you know, uh, you know, I'm from your future. Maybe it wasn't literal. It it was just you're going to see him again sometime. Right. That's kind of a causal causal loop. I think the Novikov where oh, it's hard to explain. The future comes back and influences uh, the past. And then the past unfolds into the future. That's the line, the Novikov principle, I think. Right. Or maybe it has nothing to do with time, but they're just that being had other places to go. And it was going to take them a long time, but that they were going to come back in the future again. Right. And but I find it more logical that he was a time traveler than that he was an E.T. I would love to meet an E.T. I'm not scared of him or biased against him or anything. I just uh, find so many logical reasons, almost like uh, an investigating um, uh, forensic profiling that points more to us than it does to very bizarre, unusual, uh, can we even imagine what life would create itself as on another world. Well, th- that, um, this gets into a little bit when you were mentioning evolution and um, what other kinds of life there would be. This is uh, your reason number two. Who needs human DNA? Right, because humans have more in common with an earthworm's DNA than we probably would an ET's DNA assuming they have DNA, they'd have to have some structure of life. ET DNA would probably be something totally different than our structure of life. Um, so the, the abductions where tissue, I had a uh, membrane taken in my mouth, was um, removed during my encounter. And... Um, Why did they do that? Well, I I have two theories on it. But at any rate, I can see why they might need our DNA. Perhaps there was a nuclear war and the human genome is damaged. Perhaps we've buried so much nuclear waste uh, that we've contaminated Earth or that we've contaminated it for our uh, children's children uh with uh, for instance nuclear plants that as uh rivers or oceans rise we've got nuclear plants right on the water in most cases and so as the climate changes and there's all sorts of of threats that could contaminate earth there's less fresh drinking water than there used to be it's only 3% fresh water on Earth anyway. And now the glaciers and the ice melt have mingled with salt water. So, you know, what we're doing to our, not just our, we love our grandchildren, but what about our great-great-grandchildren? What kind of Earth did we leave them? And I don't aim to preach, but I just think that's a very logical uh, line of thought. It's important to preserve the environment. It's important to stop testing nuclear bombs, and it's 
apparently not hardly being done anymore except maybe North Korea, even if certain people think they never do it. But we have right now a pandemic. Hundreds of thousands of people around the world have died. Millions of people have been affected. E.T. time travelers have done zilcho to help us deal with this. So until we get a vaccine or medication that is more consistent than the stuff we're experimenting with, more people will die. As we speak, in the U.S., it's over 70,000 people. Over one and a third million people infected as of the 7th of May 2020. In the United States, it's the worst of anywhere in the world, by the way, regardless of population. The point being here is we have something like this, a pandemic. It's more than the Vietnam War, the Afghanistan War, and the Iraqi War combined, and 9-11 too. What are they doing to stop this? If they're time travelers, they know this happened already. It's part of their history. What are they doing about it? It's part of their history. So, uh, I sub- why didn't they stop uh, the war? Why didn't they kill Hitler, ETs, or time travelers before he did what he did? Um, you, I suppose we have a timeline that unfolds as it unfolds. That's the Novikov idea again, that you can't really go back and change it. There's also the argument that you don't know what they're doing. I mean, they seem to be coming up with with vaccines fairly quicker than they first said. But I wouldn't go and say that, oh, future humans are giving vaccines to. No, I'm not. That's just an, a thought that we don't know what's being done to help. Um, you can't know what you don't know. It just seems like nothing is being done uh, by ETs or T. But I think um, it has to unfold as as it unfolds. You can't go back. It's hard to word on time travel stuff. Well, it is. Time time travel is a really difficult concept to wrap your head around. You know, right. getting, getting back to, you know, Star Trek, I think it was on Voyager, Janeway said, you know, don't uh, you know, don't expect me to wrap my head around temporal mechanics, something along those lines. Uh, it, but it is possible to come up with some reasoning on it. But I was going to want to wait to sort of get into this sort of theoretical, you know, why this, why that, and how come, and, and sort of the logical reasoning about it until a little bit later. Um, after we've we've dealt with the basic principles in your book, because you were just talking about. The, one of the common themes that is relayed to us when we have people like who are in contactees or even people who have channeled other uh, alien entities, they say, we're messing up the environment and we've got to stop it. So this is a very common theme. It's uh, the idea that the, ch- the child needs to learn to tie his own shoes, that you can't go back and make the past smooth uh, any more than you can make it smooth for a child that you, you know, gave birth to. You just can't uh, live someone's life for them. And we're at this particular moment. Um, I will give an example just quickly. I mentioned they took a a tissue sample from me. Uh, the membrane between my um, upper gum 
Oh, my cat is sneezing. If you hear a sneeze, it's, it's Brody the cat. The, um, the membrane between my uh, gum and my upper lip um, is just gone. Uh, and I didn't, when I was nine years old, about I was playing with uh, makeup, began playing with makeup, and I noticed a slight scar on the outside, uh, the line of symmetry where your lip folds. Let's find out about that strange little injury or whatever it was with Diane Tessman as we go back through time. With Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. If you have diabetes and you're on Medicare, Medicaid, or have private insurance, you may qualify for a new continuous glucose monitor. Managing your diabetes is crucial to your health. The new CGM can automatically and easily help you manage your diabetes more effectively. And by using a CGM, you can eliminate the one thing most people with diabetes dislike the most, finger sticks. Now you can automatically manage your diabetes and end the painful finger sticks. Solara Medical Supplies makes it simple for you to have a new CGM. We'll do all the insurance paperwork for you and deliver the newest in diabetic care technology right to your door. Take charge of your diabetes today with the help of a new continuous glucose monitor. Call now to learn more. 800-547-5331. 800-547-5331. 800-547-5331. That's 800-547-5331. Welcome back to the Paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Back through time. Is this time cop? No, it's Diane Tessman telling us about things that happened to her when she was really, really young. Go ahead, please. Ah, well, I'm going into this right now because it's an example of not really knowing why they're doing what they're doing they may have taken a tissue sample from me i came to find out like 12 years ago i finally figured out it was the membrane not not on the the outside little scar but the whole membrane was missing that's a fairly good tissue sample so i asked my 
parents back when I just noticed the scar on the outside, did I have a little accident when I was maybe three years old, didn't remember it, hit my mouth on my bike, my trike, and they said no, no. I asked them over and over individually, and no. Um, I looked into everything. Like, I know that mountain bikers quite often hit that area. I know that uh, babies, when they're born, if they can't suckle, that will be kind of sliced if, if that happens to be extra tight, that membrane. But I asked mom, uh, because I was breastfed, and she said no, no. Um, it would have been uh, enough of a surgery. I mean, uh, sore mouth. No, nothing happened. So I went along thinking it was an outside scar. I asked a, a, a plastic surgeon once in my 30s, I asked, what did he think of it? He says it looks like a laser scar. Well, that it would have happened in 1952, so it couldn't have been a laser that we know of. Then about 12 years ago, I figured out the whole membrane inside was removed. Well, why did they remove it? Did they have selfish reasons? Whatever, DNA, damaged nuclear war, whatever. But here's another possibility. When I was three years old, three going on four, I was a rather sickly child. I had uh, strep throat, tonsillitis. I know I was too skinny. Mom used to get me high shoes because she thought my ankles were skinny, which is kind of weird. But anyway, then I had these encounters at age four and possibly early five-year-old. Then by five, five and a half, six, I started doing acrobats, gymnastics, swinging off the chandeliers, and I've been that way the rest of my life. I've been more healthy than most people, cross fingers, not wood. So, did they have two purposes? One, for their DNA, and since it was a good-sized tissue sample, perhaps they re-engineered, weaponized a cell to go back in, and possibly I had the beginnings of childhood leukemia or something like that. I had heavy nosebleeds at age three, going into four, strep throat, and I probably would have been tested today for something like childhood leukemia. It was never tested. But it makes you wonder, what was their purpose? Did they say my life? Or did they just take this little girl and swipe her membrane? Because it is missing, and I can't, you know, if there's a mundane explanation, I accept it. I'm as valid as any other abductee, but I can't see what it would be, so I do include that in my in my abduction account, although I have no memory of when it happened. Well, the taking of samples has been a fairly consistent part of the abduction experience. So, yeah, it's it's why they do it. I would think that, well, you know, if you're a time traveler from our own culture, that that wouldn't really be necessary because there would be a record of DNA. We've done the, you know, the Human Genome Project. It's constantly ongoing all of the time and the amount of information that would be accumulated between now and whatever time they're from would be massive like they would know in the future a whole heck of a lot more about it than we do now so there'd be no need for them to come back to get dna but they wouldn't you could know about it but not have not have the dna 
right now, though, I mean, we're, we're at the point now, even in our own society, where we can actually manipulate, manipulate DNA on the molecular level. So, the, I mean, they wouldn't need to come back. They would be so far ahead by now compared to what our science is on DNA that's, that it would be like us trying to go back, you know, to the Roman era to, to think that there would be some sort of medicine from that they had that would do us any good. And, and you know, whether it would be using leeches or whatever it happens to be, I mean, that just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. But it would make sense if they didn't have DNA that was like ours and they wanted to study it, that would make a lot of sense. That's the simplest explanation. They simply don't have it, so they do need samples. If they came from us, they would have samples. They'd have the knowledge, the accumulated knowledge of hundreds of years, however far it is into the future that our well, civilization exists in. You're leaving out the probability that they're artificial intelligence. They're not us, most likely, as we are right now. So, yeah, I don't know what uh, my logic is sort of opposite to yours here. I think they have a connection to our DNA and I'm not sure. Yeah, I can see an ET taking a tissue sample, but on and on a lot. Almost every abductee has some kind of uh, uh, tissue sample taken. To me, they belong here somehow. I mean, people see UFOs going over. Most times they're not landing. They're not abducting. They just see them fly by as if they belonged here. Uh, now, Jacques Vallée makes the argument that um, ETs would maybe come for five years. Uh, they'd be intergalactic explorers. They'd uh, maybe land 5,000 times, take samples, and then they'd move on. Why have they been around since, apparently, since early, early days, certainly since 1947? And there's the nuclear. Why do they hang around nuclear installations? Or, or why did they turn off the nuclear codes on the missiles? It seems to me they have a vested interest in it here that we've ignored, I think you're right about that. I think there's something to that, that there's there's definitely whatever the case is, seems to be some kind of study going on. But the, the, let's move on from there, because, I mean, OK, so, you know, I, OK, we can we can probably come up for maybe exceptions for some of these reasons. But I think that together they kind of all add up and uh, number Three, UFO occupants, almost always humanoid. Right. And uh, that's this, in the words of uh, Dr. Mike Masters, um, he said the, the ubiquity of reports describing humanoids or human-like individuals is overwhelming. Um, time and again, it's a small humanoid or a, a normal-sized humanoid. Um, even the uh, the scarier monsters, um, oh, I always forget the name of the, uh, could well be artificial intelligence. Well, are they our artificial intelligence, or are they ET's artificial? Um, who, is, who is the monster that, um, the... Um, Oh, I even wrote it down for uh, once because I can never remember it. But for instance, Kelvin Parker's uh, the beings that that took him 
two, then there were more humans, uh, humanoids that he met. But the beans that first took him, the sort of mummy beans with the spikes, could have been artificial intelligence. Um, anyway, uh, I interrupted myself here from Dr. Masters. Uh, he said, a planet with a different gravity, chemistry, distance from its sun, would uh, ever develop bipedal humanoid life uh, that would look, act, and talk so much like us. Uh, it's very doubtful that they would arise on a planet near enough to us to allow for mutual contact and communication. We have some mutual contact and communication here, but not from across time or across space, the final frontier. Diane Tessman, we're talking about time travelers from the future. Is that what UFOs are all about? More to come with Gene and Randall. You're in The Paracast. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So, you're wearing a mask every day now? Yeah. Where are you getting them? Same website where I get my neck and body wraps, sunnybay.com. Really? And they're handmade, just like their wraps in the USA. Oh, and good quality? Oh, very good. These are disposable face masks, and they make cloth face masks, too. Good price? <laughs> That's the best part. Ten masks for only $6. Wow. As a public service, SunnyBay.com is now making cloth face masks by hand in the Seattle area and sourcing disposable face masks with level one protection at SunnyBay.com. Get a 10-pack of high-quality disposable face masks for only $6 or choose a handmade, washable, reusable cloth face mask with high two layers of quality cotton fabrics. Supplies are limited. Get details and order at SunnyBay.com, a Biomed DB design company. Go to Sunny-Bay.com for disposable or cloth face masks. Just click Sunny-Bay.com. That's Sunny-Bay.com. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. 
Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. 800-301-5435. Join me, George Norrie, in Indian Wells, California, May 29th to June 1st for the Contact in the Desert UFO Conference, an epic weekend of exploration into UFOs, ancient civilizations, crop circles, and so much more. Over 150 lectures, panels, workshops, and events with leading experts Paul Hellyer, Linda Moulton Howe, Nick Pope, Emery Smith, Stephen Greer, Russell Targ, Doc Wallach, Leslie Kane, and more. Get your tickets at contactinthedesert.com. It's time to make contact, contactinthedesert.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Interesting point of view there, quoting Dr. Masters, Diane Tessman, whether extraterrestrials would necessarily have to be different than us. But if the environmental conditions of the so-called Goldilocks planet were similar, wouldn't that create the possibility of a similarity unless they're walking insects or walking dolphins? Let's go on, please. Yeah, I know there's the theory that you need to develop legs just to to be the superior species or the sentient species of a planet. You would have need to develop uh, to be ambulatory, well, you'd need a, a big brain, so you'd need a cranium up there around, keep your brain. So does it always develop in a similar way? I've, I've heard that theory, and it could be. There's also the theory that the preservers, to use a Star Trek-like term, traveled around the galaxy and spread humanoid seeds in various planets. But to me, both of those are further stretches than simply saying, in 50 years, uh, uh, Dr. Sarfati has a fairly convincing theory for time travel back and warping space, both of them. Now, it's just a theory. It would have to be financed and developed and tested and all of that. He had financing from the EU, uh, Italy in particular, right as the virus hit. So that put that on hold. But his may not be the right formula. But when you consider quantum computers coming online, artificial intelligence, in 50 years, we may have time travel. These may not be from, as far as uh, DNA also, they may not be from the Star Trek 250 years advance. 
or they could be from 5 million years in advance. There may be various, but let's say we get time travel in 25 years. There's quite a bit of time there when you consider how computers grow exponentially. Every year, they say that five years of a computer is worth 200 years of earlier science advancement. So we could well have time travel in 50 years. And these could be literally great, great, great grandchildren, possibly with artificial intelligence components by that time. But they're not necessarily so utterly super advanced. Dr. Sarfati thinks they're from fairly soon along the timeline. Anyway, it's, it's a huge field to try and explain, you know, no wonder it's hard to get the book really to sell a lot because it's terribly complicated. What are we going to be in five million years? Would they even mingle with those 50 years in advance? <laughs> probably not. They probably are in separate. It gets into science fiction, too. But to me, there's, there's logical threads, to, again, not to exclude ETs. We were talking about synchronicities back at the beginning of the show. And I just looked over at the clock on my computer. And I'm on a Windows 7 system. So they have the little sidebar. And I have the clock. It's a computerized image of an analog clock with the hands that are supposed to be moving. But that clock is frozen on my Uh computer. It is not moving. (laughs) (laughs) And it's the first time I have ever seen it do that. The entire time I have ever owned this computer. So I just thought I would want to mention that. That's Uh, just the power of me. (laughs) There's something going on. Okay. So almost always humanoid. Reason number four, gray aliens or gray humans. Yes, that reason isn't my favorite (laughs) reason. It's simply that Travis Walton, for instance, saw first the little humanoids And he was frightened of them. They were strange looking. But then he encountered the golden humans that were almost too perfect, perhaps partially artificial intelligence, and therefore created to look really good. Again, just assuming, why do we assume that the scary little guys, when I was regressed, I remembered two of the little guys similar to uh, Travis. Actually, my abductions had the same cast as his did, the the little guys, and then the one tall, not super tall, not a Nordic, like eight feet, just a normal tall human. But the little guys, I didn't remember until I was regressed, whereas I have a few conscious memories of the being who sat down and communicated with me, who was normal height. But the little guys, I saw one of them looked like an Iowa grasshopper, so sort of insectoid, only with legs and arms, humanoid, but a a more elongated head. The other one was just like a little person. What I remembered of them was I was sitting behind them on the way to meet this being I was supposed to meet, and it reminded me of my mother and father when I sat in the back seat of our old car. I was looking at the back of their heads, but I wasn't scared. I guess Travis kind of freaked out at the uh, smaller creatures, 
But I think maybe I was given something to make me calm because I never was scared. I don't remember any fear, which is very weird. I I acknowledge that. But anyway, I guess that gray little gray men or gray ETs is simply a way of saying again that of the various kinds of ETs that are usually listed, uh, there would be an argument for most of them being possibly being humanoid, uh, human. Like the, the reptilians, maybe those are true ETs. I'm not saying that there aren't some ETs thrown in there just to confuse us. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we... We're confused. But. We don't have the answers. That's for sure. We don't know for sure. All we can do right now is try to come up with what seems like a reason that is more reasonable than the other reasons. And know that for those of us who've had a genuine UFO experience, that they are real. That they're not right. just some sort of uh, psychological manifestation. Although, although I suppose... Uh, <laughs> it depends on who you talk to about that. Um, but Right. Well, at four years old, I figure I wasn't that confused psychologically yet. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some good. And the 1950s did have some interesting abductions. The, whoever it is seemed more open a little bit than they became and a little nicer, just a little nicer than uh, abductions of the 80s and 90s. And I don't know whether that's humans getting freaked out and, and uh, or, or if it was a different group of maybe they were from a different time than, than uh, the 1950s. Um, I mean, maybe they were from like 5 million years in advance, uh, a different bunch had showed up or from a different planet. I don't know why, but the golden age of abductions was definitely the 50s and 60s. We've got more to come with Diane Tessman. We'll go into abductions and more coming up with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. There's new concerns in New York as children are dying from an illness linked to the coronavirus. A rare inflammatory disease linked to COVID-19 has claimed the lives of three children in New York. 
Governor Andrew Cuomo says the illness is only happening to kids who've had COVID-19. Children are presenting symptoms similar to Kawasaki disease or toxic shock-like syndrome. These are children who come in who don't present the symptoms that we normally are familiar with with COVID. Another staffer in the White House has tested positive for COVID-19. First, a personal valet for President Trump tested positive for the virus. On Friday, it was revealed that Vice President Pence's press secretary, Katie Miller, also tested positive. This is USA Radio News. What if people always acted the same way they do when they're driving their cars? Good morning, Mrs. Blanchard. How may I help you? I'd like to cash this check. Sure. I'll just get my pen Come here on, and... lady. Get a move oh, on. Goodness. Where'd you learn to bank anyway? Ooh. Whoa, don't you give me that look. It sure wouldn't be a very friendly place. What kind of candy do you want, sweetie? This. No, no, no. This. Pick something already. Come on, honey. We're holding people up. How about this kind? No. What is the matter with you people? If you're not going to do something, I am. Get out of my way. <laughs> Every day, drivers and their families all across the country are killed on the roadways because of road rage. Wasn't it a beautiful wedding? Oh, yes, and they make such a lovely couple. Excuse me, is this the receiving line? Yes, it is. Hey, he cut in line. I'm a friend of the bride. Do you know the bride? Hey, pal, you cut in line. Buzz off. Oh, yeah? He hit that nice man. That'll teach you to cut in line, you jerk. Stop the senselessness of road rage. It's time we all drive with the same courtesy we extend to people in the rest of our lives. A message from the AAA Foundation for Traffic Safety. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product. Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. This is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So as we ended our previous segment with Diane Tessman, we were talking about abductions. Now, there are theories here that Abductions may be a totally unrelated experience. As a matter of fact, from time to time, Diane, we've talked about the possible resemblance between the abduction experience and the near-death experience. Have you ever looked into that or heard about it? I've heard about it, and I respect it. I know the Whitley Streber and Anne looked into it a lot, and um, I've never really connected to it particularly, but I don't dismiss it. I mean, there may be a number of phenomena that happen, and we tend to clump them all together. Um, I had myself almost convinced that uh, dark matter, uh, there was a dark matter biosphere that things like ghosts and possibly 
UFOs came from. And then there's the computer, the uh, simulation idea. And that can be very convincing, too. There may be any number of of, uh, things that we mix together. I mean, we don't mix, for instance, ghosts and UFOs usually. But there may be some connection, and the same with uh, death uh, or the spirit world. That's really interesting. We got talking about that a little bit with last week's guest, Stephen Williams, from the Memphis Spirit Rescue people, where they believe that people are in an afterlife between our earthly existence and a deeper afterlife existence that you know some people may call heaven or a further destination and their job is to try and help these people cross over from this between space into the the deeper afterlife so you know i was saying to him well have you ever talked to people and asked them if they've also had ufo experiences and he was saying that one of them had and fairly frequently so i think you're right i mean if we want to start talking about maybe the possibility that ufos are human beings that are coming from another time or dimension or something like that say because we're not really sure what it is or what to call it but That seems to be just as plausible as calling it time. I mean, another completely different dimension outside that involves people in afterlives is kind of the same thing. If they can come from there, where time doesn't seem to have any meaning, into our world, it's kind of almost the same idea, really. Right. I'm right with you on that. And and time, of course, is the fourth dimension. So, you know, what's the fifth and sixth? Uh, and I, I do believe that consciousness goes on after so-called death. So consciousness is something that runs throughout all of it. Yeah, it may be that our minds just aren't one reason there isn't uh, contact or you know coming on down and saying hi is that uh, we just can't really handle it at the stage we're at. If you and I can't, then not to be condescending, but most people haven't thought of it as much as we've tried to think of it. Well, you know, that that tends to be true, I think. Well, I, I think people do tend to think that, you know, it's maybe in an abstract sense or a fantasy sense that there is some sort of an afterlife. It's a fairly common concept that we tend to get right, socialized with. but that there with. would be a connection with all sorts of other well, but dimensions even, and all. But that it's actually a reality is a whole other thing. I th- it's just right. like people are, most people, I think, are very comfortable with the idea that there could be alien visitation, that there could be alien visitation. But when you actually see one for yourself, it's a whole different worldview that suddenly comes into focus. No longer right. is it just a possibility. It's like, oh, this is the way the world is. Right. And, and, and then there's, pe- there's a big difference. And then people don't understand that. The ones that are are thinking, well, maybe that's an interesting thought. That creates a huge chasm between us who know it's something that it happened and those uh, who haven't had it happen in quite such a... And then, of course, religions sort of define it sometimes for people, but not to get into that, but uh, very complex. 
Well, this leads us into, you know, if we're talking about where they come from, this leads into your reason number five. How far is far? Right. Um, the vastness of the galaxy, let alone the universe, I don't think we grasp. I mean, um, Star Trek, most people would say, well, they had warp drive. Well, even if you had warp, uh, warp one would have taken you like 4,000 years to get <laughs> to a, a planet, not just, you know, half a day later when the Enterprise was due in the next in the next place. So you would need such advanced technology, which I suppose ETs could have. And then uh, they would need to center on this little bitty rock. Uh, granted, it's a beautiful gem of a planet, uh, and we haven't appreciated it. But they'd have to find us first. Well, we're finding exoplanets. Um, but for them to be able to travel so far and end up being humanoid and finding Earth and hanging around since time immemorial, because uh, this gets into the ancient astronaut idea, something seems to have sort of started our civilization on its way. Um, and I think perhaps that was future humans coming back and sort of as community organizers, um, uh, starting us toward a civilized, and then it's a cycle. They would have always, we always do that then. That's how, and this may be true of other races. They may always come back once they get time travel and keep themselves in a loop. But uh, again, that's kind of science fiction. But, uh, uh what do you, hang on. What do you mean? Do you mean like a, sort of as a an immortality device? Well, as an immort as a as some sort of a, a consciousness device that keeps the species always on the timeline. We come back. Uh, we contact the primitive people. We um, sort of as community organizers. We say. Uh, build a, a stone edifice. Uh, we give them some technology, but we can't give them, we can't made, have it made out of the materials from 2300. No, it's, it's made in stone, but we sort of get us out of uh, just being heathens and barbarians and uh, look at the early Greeks. They believed in, in ancient gods who, um, or not, they weren't ancient then, they were the gods, almost like our celebrities. They lived on Mount Olympus. Uh, they had um, uh, lightning bolts, kind of like phasers or tasers. Um, they mingled with the humans a little bit. Uh, they, they had children that were half god and half human. Uh, but I don't think the Greek people made that all up from from uh, I think they knew that there were beings there. I don't think it was just um, a made up bunch of gods. Um, there were twelve main gods, and of course UFOs are infamous for going into mountainsides. Uh, they lived on Mount Olympus. Um, they were beautiful, perfect humans. 
they weren't aliens looking. And so, again, the idea of ancient ETs uh, or ancient astronauts, I think, makes more sense as ancient, as humans having, if they can come back to our skies, they can go back to Greek skies. We've got more to come with Diane Tessman. I'm Gene. He's Randall. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. In today's world, violent crime can victimize anyone, anytime. When violent crime confronts you, will you be able to protect yourself and your loved ones? For personal protection training, there's none better than FrontSight, the world's premier firearms training facility near Las Vegas, Nevada. Learn firearm skills from FrontSight's world-class instructors, led by FrontSight's founder and director, Dr. Ignatius Piazza. Whether you're in law enforcement, the military, or a private citizen, after your first firearm training course at FrontSight, you'll leave with skills that surpass 99% of the gun-owning population, guaranteed. And now, you and your family can train at FrontSight free of charge. Yes, free. Go now to frontsite.com slash radio to secure a $2,000 four-day defensive handgun course. Absolutely free with no catch. Enter F-R-O-N-T-S-I-G-H-T dot com slash radio. Act now before these free courses are all taken. Secure your free four-day course at frontsite.com slash radio. Frontsite, America's gun training destination. Have you heard the warning from the dead doctors don't lie guy? I'm talking about Dr. Joel Wallach. He says if you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol or high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, or other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. That's what he says. He has a free lecture revealing what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in his free lecture called Deadly Recipe. You want it free? Call him toll-free at 855-79-YOUNG. You ready? 855-79-YOUNG. Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. 
I'm here with Scott Uceum, founder of OMG Tax. Tell us how your company helps our listeners out there who have a problem with the IRS. My team of lawyers, enrolled agents, and licensed tax experts remove wage garnishments sometimes in the same day. We even have reduced the total debt some of our clients were required to pay through what is known as an offer in compromise. Can you give us an example of somebody you help? Oh, can I ever. We have taken a $500,000 liability with the IRS Guess what? The client didn't pay a dime through the representation known as non-collectible status with the government. If you owe the IRS more than $10,000 and you want to see if it's possible to pay a lot less, call OMG Tax right now for a free tax-saving consultation. Call 800-486-8112. That's 800-486-8112. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. So we're going back to look at ourselves, and we're destined to just go back through time. Of course, time travel has been such a trope on TV shows and movies, especially they have this TV show now called Legends of Tomorrow, where they have these grade Z superheroes. They keep going back through time, but here is where we get that complication of time travel or that paradox they go back because they're trying to fix something that went wrong and as you might expect the humor is that they always go back and screw something else up which again is the paradox if you go back through time is that the way it was meant to be and if not what do you change well, there's another really interesting show, too. I think I've mentioned it a couple of times. It's called The Umbrella Academy. It's a limited series. And they've got time travel in there. And, Diane, that's why I I kind of stopped you last time and asked if it was some sort of an immortality ploy by them. Because in that particular sci-fi series, at some point, the the world becomes destroyed. But these time-traveling people from this time-traveling sect or part of civilization that exists in the past can escape it because they can always just go back in time to when the world wasn't destroyed. So they constantly <laughs> live there. If they get to the point in the future where it, they might become destroyed, they just zap themselves back into the past. So maybe, <laughs> I mean, there's there's an angle that uh, I thought was actually fairly original <laughs> when it comes to the whole the, the sci-fi time travel trope. Yeah, um, I, I would uh, like to have Dr. Sarfati on to explain the Novikov principle because I always get tongue-tied. But it is a physics law, uh, you know, but physics can be wrong. It can be changed in the future. But it says that we have a timeline and you can't, you can't go back and change it. You can't hop around that... that um, if it happened, how? Do, let me see. How is it worded? Well, you know what? We can get into that a little bit later because okay. it's something that is definitely <laughs> well, interesting to me. And I've done plenty of contemplation on the whole time travel problem. But this show isn't about me. So we want to get through your book first. Yeah. And yeah. that brings us to, and by the way, I think the how far is far is one of the best reasons I mean, I know people say, well, you know, maybe in the future, once we're um, technologically more capable, 
and we could come up with some kind of warp drive and well, travel it to 20 well, times the speed of light. But even then, it's still fun. Even 20 times won't get you there for to most places for a long, long time. But um, what gets me is that people have no trouble saying, oh, well, the ETs or, uh, yeah, uh, they have advanced, uh, they, they can travel all that distance, they fold space. But time to travel back, oh, that's that's fantasy. Well, if you can warp space, you probably can time travel in any direction you you care to. Uh, Sarfati's formula is the he feels is the answer to both. It's the same answer. Be that as it may, I don't see why time travel is so out there and well. for ETs to come putting through space for <laughs> tens uh. of trillion years is acceptable. Or, you know, it, okay, they got here in a day because they're so advanced and we're so dumb. I, I think that I'm, I'm getting off your schedule again here, but I think that we sell ourselves short. We're a terrible mess right now in many ways. Uh, nobody believes that more than me. We've dug ourselves a terrible hole in a lot of ways, but we have great potential. And, you know, the 1960s, um, um, Buzz and, and Neil, they were on the moon and the whole world looked at, at them on TV sets. And um, we now we don't really think of ourselves as even having a future. A lot of people are so, so fed up with everything. I guess rightly so. Um, it seems to be kind of the the popular way to be. But um, goodness, we have unlimited potential. We're curious. We're smart. And I, I don't find the fact that we found out how to time travel back so surprising. Obviously, <laughs> I wrote the book, but I just I, I see us doing that. It's an engineering problem now, as Michio Kaku says. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I love Michio, and but there's he, he, I know there's certain <laughs> things that he comes up with from time to time. He I'm one of those people that question away. everything, you know. Yeah, I know, so, and we I have to, we have yep. to. But at the same time as we question things, we also have to get give it a fair chance. And I think that a lot of the ideas that uh, you're expressing here, whether it is time travel or something else are equally valid, whether whether it's time travel or not. So that's that's why mm. it's a good thing for people to be open-minded about what people have to say, it, rather than just shutting the whole thing down, because like you said at the beginning, oh, well, time travel is impossible, and therefore none of what they, you say has any relevance. And they, I, always I, say, <laughs> you know, they always I, say, uh, they say Einstein said it's impossible, as if they were, you know, following the, the religion of Einstein. Right. Which was, making turn in his grave. I mean, even if it is impossible, uh, that doesn't mean that there's not a lot of things that you're talking about that are relevant to the phenomena. And so, he never did say it was impossible. I don't know <laughs> what he said about time being. I know that it's, it's a variable in the equations that physicists and cosmologists use, but whether or not it can correspond to an objective reality that that's another question but regardless of how you look at it the how far is far part that's that's true i mean unless they come from proxima centauri yeah. apparently there's a planet there and that's only four and a half light years away so even at a half the speed of light uh, we could get there and back within a human lifetime so 
Yeah, you know, it's not all stars are far away. Many of them are. But would we have warp speed? Uh, could we fold space and not deal with time? Because it's space-time written as one word. So it's almost automatic. Something happens with time if you fold space. Anyway. Well, right. Uh, I, the, I, the thing is that a lot of people confuse time as, this, as being... Um, a spatial dimension, but when they talk about it as a dimension in space-time, that's more of a convenience term. It's not like length, width, you know, breadth, height, that type of right, thing. Right, right. It's, it's just another aspect. So the word dimension becomes synonymous with aspect, whereas mm-hmm. length, breadth, and width are spatial dimensions yeah i agree time is not a spatial dimension in any way shape or form it's just another aspect or variable within the equations that they use to make their calculations but space that is like an an ocean a material it's not a void or a vacuum does have a component of time i i don't know how to say that any better but yeah not so much length and width but Space-time is what needs to be folded in order to warp space-time. You know, it's, it's, that's a sort of a different... Right, that, that's when you start talking about what's called Minkowski space, and mm. the idea that space is not uniform, but that it has right. uh, ripples in it. Mm. That's not something everyone agrees on, but it is a good model to describe the behavior of things in space. Um Anyhow, we yes. were supposed to go there later. <laughs> uh, we've after reason number five, we've got reason number six. Researchers of grandparents, internet, flora, and fauna. Yes, it may be that it's nothing so serious as uh, nuclear contamination of future Earth. That there maybe it's just. Uh, a field assignment for college students in the future that you come back into the ancestors' time. You stay to yourself, but your your ship can be seen, but you don't actually interact. And uh, perhaps they're trying to figure out um, the effect of Agent Orange uh, and insect uh, the resulting insecticides, pesticides that that came out of that period of time and how DNA differs. This might be one reason uh, just just for scientific reasons. I mean, why do scientists look into things that aren't earth-shaking? Well, just to have a study on it. Um, the the uh, insecticides Agent Orange entered in back in the 70s. Uh, a college student might uh, do some research on this. Um so uh, it might be something like Visit Earth 101 in your college, uh, your final year of college. Um, just the fact that you can travel back in time, I'm sure that it opens up that they have opportunities for, for coming back to study it. We'll find out what kind of sense it makes when Randall and Jean and Diane return. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. 
You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So what, Randall, do you mean that it seems to make a lot of sense for you? Let's go on. Well, like Diane was saying, we ourselves look to study things in the past to give us clues about what's going on in the present and possibly the future. So, for example, when they broke into the tombs in Egypt, they found grains, ancient grains and other things in there that they were able to study. So there you go. There's an example of looking back thousands of years in time to what that was like then. Uh, Another example is ice cores. So down in Mm -hmm. uh, the Antarctic, they'll take a, a you know, a drill and they'll take cores and the deeper you go into the into the ice, the farther back in time that you go. You literally are doing kind of the same thing. As you're talking about, scientists do that all the time. So if you could time travel, sure, why not? It would be a wonderful research tool. I think that it is an organized effort. I don't think time travelers just come waltzing through the mist. I think that it could be a a quasi-military group uh, or military, kind of like uh, the Starfleet. Or they, or could be more like the Empire, <laughs> not too sure the direction we're going, or college students, uh, maybe various kinds. But I don't think that it would be allowed that you just come, come back on your own or for a, a holiday or something. It's much more serious than that, I believe. But yeah, if you can, you know, why... 
climb Mount Everest? Well, because it's there. Why go back and look at the ancestors? Well, because they're there and uh, we understand ourselves better because we look at them. And then it could be that they're kind of annoyed that we've contaminated the planet. Now, that's maybe uh, yes and maybe no. But, uh, you know, if you bury nuclear waste, it can the half-life can be 100,000 years or longer. Some materials are shorter, but much of what we bury very badly. I mean, it's like in temporary storage because we filled up the permanent storage and, and we've been too nonchalant about things like that. The same way as we probably were too nonchalant about dropping nuclear bombs on Japan. I, that's up for debate, but... Um, well, there is a huge, huge, huge debate between the pro-nuclear and the anti-nuclear. They both have different points to make, and they both tend to, to cherry-pick those points so that it makes whatever their view is seem like the most logical point that there is. But there is no question that when we come to the nuclear waste problem, that it's a big problem. And it, yeah. it has been handled irresponsibly in the past that it's going to be around a lot longer than any of us are going to be alive. So yeah. it's that's pretty hard to deny. And we're leaving that to our great-grandchildren. Well, who knows exactly what will happen. Maybe our great-grandchildren will figure out a way to use it somehow. Who knows? I mean, that one of the common uh, defense is that I hear for the nuclear industry is that the efficiency of the nuclear power plant is so much greater than, say, that of, of fossil fuels. But what you don't hear them say is the context for that. And one of those contexts is that really only 1% of the fuel actually gets used to create energy and the rest ends up getting buried. There's this wow. huge amount that actually becomes useless. But maybe in the future... It won't be. Maybe they'll know where to go dig it up again and use it for something else. Who knows? Uh, or they may, they may not even know what it is they're digging up. Maybe they think it's a wonderful relic and it's <laughs> buried nuclear waste. Right. Yeah, who knows? Like in Planet of the Apes, when they, <laughs> when they come back and go into the cave and find the nuclear, yeah, the nuclear bomb. Anyway, um, that's getting kind of off track, but... Yeah, I can see t time travel as a really good research tool. Uh, reason number seven. Oh, and here we go. A great interest in all things nuclear. So here we go again. We just kind of covered that to some degree. So, you know, maybe they figured out, a, you know, a way that maybe they're mapping it or they've lost track of it and they want to know where it is. And so they can dig it up in the future. Right. In a later chapter, I go into the Malms Malmstrom uh, turning off of the uh, nuclear codes at uh, Minot and Malmstrom um, and all of that from the 1970s. And, uh, uh, oh, Los Alamos was harassed by little green lights that sapped around in the sky in 1948. And uh, I've got a... a I go into it in depth, but that's why I was kind of brief with it there on reason seven, because, um, well, I guess I said that. We'll detail it in upcoming chapters. I have a question to ask of you, because we go back to the early part of the book, chapter two. 
the Tic Tac capsule UFOs. We've all heard about this. So are the things being photographed, seen now, reported by the U.S. Navy, and apparently even Trump liked the picture he saw, forgetting that for the moment. Are those time travelers? Well, Jack Sarfati sure thinks so. <laughs> and and I he he uh, actually uh, put together his low power warp theory by looking at the Tic Tac footage and seeing how it moved and uh and uh, anyway, yes, um there are interesting things uh, if you're profiling it. It looks like um, the Navy pilots and the Tic Tac pilots or, or guidance system or whatever was in there were kind of like uh, two Top Gun, bunches of Top Gun uh, um, competing. To me, it's just, they were very human in how they enticed the Navy pilots and uh, would uh, zoom around and end up behind them and uh, uh, flavor. Fravor said, man, I'd like to fly one of those. Um, well, they are just Diane, Diane, yes. what you're telling me here is they are sure doing everything they can to interfere with us. Well, yeah, they absolutely they would have known that the Navy was going to be there doing maneuvers because they were always between San Diego and and uh, Tijuana. Um, yes, but the thing, I, well, this is the paradox again about time travel. Hate to interrupt you. This is the paradox about time travel. They're doing all this to interfere with us now. Can they predict or do they know what impact what they do will have on their future? A tiny movement now, a tiny movement can change someone's life. Somebody will not land that particular day in that location, thus will not be hit by a car, thus his wife will not be traumatized for the rest of their lives as their children will not be born. You see the point. The tiniest thing you do in terms of coming back, so tiny we can't even conceive of it now. Anything that makes any change at all in somebody else's life in the past can wipe you out of existence. This is the old back to the future syndrome. Where his parents didn't get together And therefore, the Michael J. Fox character, of course, is before he was born. But his character doesn't exist because his parents never got together. So he has to go back through time or as part of his mission in time, bring them together. Of course, changes are made because of that. But we can go into that, too. The slightest movement, the slightest um, thing you do in the past changes the future. Or is that what was meant to happen, so we're simply fulfilling the destiny and going back through time and doing what we have to do, and our computers say that. In order to accomplish this, you have to go back through time and do thus and so, and therefore what you do will therefore create the conditions that we have now. If you don't do it then, well, the 12 monkeys, you know, so many different scenarios about time travel. We've got a lot more to come, and as you see it, Time travel takes us endlessly into different worlds or try to figure out our own world. I think space travel would be easier. Future humans and UFOs. Time for new thinking from Diane Tessman. With Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. 
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day. But supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at ImmuneSupportNow.com. That's ImmuneSupportNow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless. Dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. If you have diabetes and you're on Medicare, Medicaid, or have private insurance, you may qualify for a new continuous glucose monitor. Managing your diabetes is crucial to your health. The new CGM can automatically and easily help you manage your diabetes more effectively. And by using a CGM, you can eliminate the one thing most people with diabetes dislike the most, finger sticks. Now you can automatically manage your diabetes and end the painful finger sticks. Solara Medical Supplies makes it simple for you to have a new CGM. We'll do all the insurance paperwork for you and deliver the newest in diabetic care technology right to your door. Take charge of your diabetes today with the help of a new continuous glucose monitor. Call now to learn more. 800-547-5331. 800-547-5331. That's 800-547-5331. We've all seen and perhaps use the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you noticed how it dries your skin and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration. Come to GCNteam.com. 
keyword antibacterial or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So again, Diane Tessman, sometimes I think it's easier when we look at all the complications of time travel to say, I'd rather they be E.T. But according to physics, there is a 0% chance that Michael J. Fox, I had this worded before, (laughs) that his parents wouldn't have gotten together. You can't change. I I ought to get Jack Sarfati on here for you. The the Novikov principle is that there's 0% chance of you killing your grandfather because because you're here because it didn't happen it but the same way as the says. prime directive is a dramatic helpmate of star trek there was so much dramatic in back to the future but it wasn't good physics and and i don't know physics well enough to to even get it worded let alone to to defend an idea i just know that it's accepted that you don't actually change the past. There is a many worlds theory that every little thing you do creates an alternate reality, but it's not you that goes into that alternate reality, not you with a capital Y-O-U. It is another you that goes into the alternate. That's, you know, far out stuff, but we've come to... Uh, accept kind of pop ideas that may not be accurate. Anyway, I can't defend that any better than that. But, you know, future humans are flawed. We're flawed. Why do they abduct people? Well, because humans abduct people. We've abducted entire tribes of of Native Americans. We've committed genocide. How many wars have we had? And people will say, well, future humans, they don't, they wouldn't, uh, the uh, animal mutilations, um, that's really bad of them to come back and do that to those animals. Well, it is, but we kill how many cows a day? Well, right now, the the supply line screwed up, but we kill millions, hundreds, tens of millions of cows for our hamburgers, pigs. It's not that they are, I think that we're ascended masters from the future. I think we're us. And so the fact that they uh, were waiting for the Tic Tacs, they would have had to be waiting. They could have gotten out of the way, but there's a possibility that maybe it's about time for disclosure. Maybe they wanted the Navy to have to say, we don't know what that is. And and maybe the Navy is actually happy to say it or somebody not. It's hard to believe a military <laughs> group is happy. about. But maybe it's time uh, that there be a, a drip drip toward disclosure. And maybe that was part of it. But what kind of disclosure are we talking about, Diane, if they are our descendants? If they're us from the future, do we say, hi, folks, the UFOs are really here from the 27th century, whatever. And they're coming here from the 27th century and they're here to say hello or fix things. 
How can we even say that or even have people understand that? Assuming that's what it is. In fact, well, if anything, that would argue against disclosure, wouldn't it? Well, we could um, say, folks, there are future humans here and also ETs are here. Because, again, it doesn't exclude ETs. I'm sure people would be shocked that it uh, that ETs were disclosed as well. I'm not sure why they'd be more shocked that it's their own species. But um, maybe it's at a point where they just can't hold back all of this anymore. Maybe there's something in our timeline where we really have to either grow up or start to become extinct. I mean, um, we've, we've kind of lost vigor as a species. We're turning on each other. Um, we've, uh, maybe it's just a bad, rough patch, but maybe there's some permanent damage to various, from various events. So I'm not sure. Um, uh, now, I do think that future humans would be more feared by the powers that be because it seems to me that uh, people at first they'd be shocked and then they might say, well, you know, those people uh, that those. Well, OK, kind of my grandchildren. Do they have the, the cure for cancer? Could they fix my husband's Parkinson's? Do uh uh, what about the wildfires in the Amazon? Do they have artificial intelligence robots to go in there and put them out? And we won't have to lose firemen and we can save the Amazon? There's all sorts of things that they have that could help the condition of Earth, if only they would. But so, maybe they can't. You see, that's the paradox again. How can they do that? Maybe this is the point where they do. Maybe this is the point where they do. But the thing is, like what what Gene is getting at here is that it it can't be both ways. It has to be one way or the other, unless the universe, the greater universe outside of ours, changes its rules. So in in the type of time travel you're talking about, uh, where it would be impossible to come back to uh, to change something in the future that makes any difference, the, the logical consequence of that is that everything is preordained. The entire future and past of our existence is written in stone. So there's no point to them to come back to try and change anything because it's all part of the plan. That's part of the principle but, that you were talking about. But if they don't come back, why, they must come back, you see. Well, yeah, they maybe they do, but they can't affect anything. It becomes impossible to affect anything, so there is no free will. Well, Everything is fate, then. No, no, it's not that. It, it's, it's not just that it's the uh, humans that have a timeline. It's that reality itself um, has, has a, a, a path. Every, every planet would have... A, a general path, and and whether there could be, uh, I can't I can't uh, get it into words. It's not a matter of oh, this is my fate. I must no. It has looking to be, at that's, us that's, as a species. I mean, well, we were talking about logic, right? So you want logic. If you want the logic of it, then especially if we're talking about something like the Novikov self consistency principle, then that requires 
that there be determinism. It can't work any other way. Well, why does physics accept it? It's not just a... Uh, it does. It, it's, it, it's an accepted principle. Well, right. The, but the principle is dependent upon initial assumptions, right? The premises. And the premises are laid out and the variables are laid out in such a way that the result is that if that's how it works, then everything is predetermined. It has to be. So... It may be possible that that's what's going on, but there would be no purpose to coming back to do to change anything because it can't be changed. Like you have well, already said, yeah. if we're already there in the future, it must be the case that our grandparents were alive. We've got more to come with Gene and Randall and Diane. You're in the Paracast. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. House flies defecate every four to five minutes, spreading diseases and germs. Protect your food and your health with Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic, no batteries required, only $39.95. Use discount code GCN and get an extra 10% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter. Get your Bug Assault today. USA Radio News with Wendy King. There's new concerns in New York as children are dying from an illness linked to the coronavirus. A rare inflammatory disease linked to COVID-19 has claimed the lives of three children in New York. Governor Andrew Cuomo says the illness is only happening to kids who've had COVID-19. Children are presenting symptoms similar to Kawasaki disease or toxic shock-like syndrome. These are children who come in who don't present the symptoms that we normally are familiar with with COVID. Another staffer in the White House has tested positive for COVID-19. First, a personal valet for President Trump tested positive for the virus. On Friday, it was revealed that Vice President Pence's press secretary, Katie Miller, also tested positive. This is USA Radio News. Hey, y'all, Jeff Foxworthy here. Now, if you've ever found yourself repeating the same thing over and over for 75 years, you might be Smokey Bear. Only you can prevent wildfires. That's why I'm filling in for Smokey to switch things up, because there's a lot more to say. And I should know, because my grandfather was a firefighter. And one of the things he taught me is that the people that love the outdoors the most are often the ones accidentally starting wildfires, which means... Always BYOB. <laughs> no, bring your own bucket to the campfire. And be extra careful with things like burning yard trimmings. Don't just walk away, or chances are you might be starting a wildfire. 
So for the love of the outdoors, go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. My name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. We have the robotic J. Randall Murphy there because he is traveling back through time. You know, it still takes us back to the other crazy theory, which is every time you change something in time, you don't change that timeline. You create a brand new one. Therefore, that's the multiverse. So if I do something in Earth 415, it changes the thing in Earth 417 because it creates Earth 417. If you get my drift here, the mere act of changing time doesn't change our time. It changes that in a parallel universe. Right. And I was going to say, um, Dr. Sarfati is 80 years old. He feels a great imperative to get his low-power warp into uh, funding and testing because he openly says that he has a a shared consciousness with uh, contact that he had when he was 13 years old. And and they give him, um, I don't know if they give him his physics, he's a brilliant man, but he feels that if he doesn't, he must create this in the time that's left to him in order to give them their mode of, of um, travel, more or less. So, again, if he just said, well, I guess I'll just sit down and watch TV. I don't have to create it. They wouldn't be in the sky then. They wouldn't exist. End of species. So, if you look at him as an individual who's trying to create the future, he has to create the future, he feels. And, and so that's kind of a counterpoint to what you were saying. It's not just dead fatalism. It's that uh, this is what we're in existence for to evolve. Uh, you got to look at it from a, a species well, it, it can't be both ways, thing. though. That's the thing. You, it, it's not like we can just switch our view when it's convenient because we'd like to believe this or I that, am, right? No, I don't think that is a switch of a view. Well, it is if you're looking at one view or version of time travel where Gene says, however, what Gene brought up, that's another version of time travel, which is also possible if you look at it 
but uh, logically, and then still, you don't have to worry about it. They're you're like, still locked into your little uh, pass, and there are a zillion trillion other paths from the decisions you and everybody else made. You didn't meet your girlfriend. You did meet your, you know, uh, it's you're still on your path. <laughs> the difference is, is that if you've got someone that comes from outside of our particular universe into this one from another one that is branched off, then you're not dealing with the same person who has continued on in the universe that we're already in. Right. So, so in. in other words, so, okay, so like, say we have what can look like time travel, in other words, is say we have an identical universe to ours, only it's advanced, say, two or three hundred years from ours. But otherwise, everything about it is exactly the same. And there's no reason that that can't be the case. Now, if it's possible to travel from that one to this one, then it's going to look like to those travelers that they have gone backward in time. But what they've actually done is changed universes. And then they can come into this one. They can meet the grandparents, you know, their or their but, copy uh, grandparents or other copy of their grandparents. Anything can happen in this one, and they don't have to worry about it. It's not going to change anything in this particular universe. It's just but, ours is going to continue evolving the way it, it already I, is. I don't think time necessarily should be thought of as another universe because then I'm in another universe than I was two seconds ago, and now I'm in yet another universe because time is going forward and time is a universe. I don't quite get that. Um, so there are 300 years ahead. That's not their universe. That's us. I, I mean, I know what you're saying. I think what he's pointing to is if you change something in the past, you're forking that timeline into another universe. Exactly. So, like, consider universes. You can't change in- something in the past. So. What I'm saying is if you consider universes to be like, do, do you use a, a regular desktop computer, for example? Mm-hmm. I'm, you must, right? So, yeah. you know, you know when you go into the file system and you see all the folders in there, right? Well, let's suppose that you have one universe and it's in one folder. And you have another universe and it's in another folder. Okay? And you just make those copies, right? But then you just put one on hold, you let one evolve, you know, a hundred or a thousand years. Now you've got two universes and you can cut and paste between the two. So you just, Mm -hmm. the process would be like, okay, let's move someone from universe number two, that is the future into universe number one which is the one that is currently evolving. Therefore, no, no timeline is really being changed there in the original universe. But, as Gene says, as soon as you insert that new person into that universe, then another one branches off from there with the people that are involved in it. Because well, it has to. There's no other way that it can take place. That's a good argument for the computer simulation theory. Exactly. But this isn't the computer simulation theory. It's simply the fact that we go on into the future and find the key to being able to come back. Right. Uh, And we probably don't change anything. 
because we always do it. But it's fresh every time. (laughs) It can't be, though. If it's fresh, then you're starting another universe, right? Another one has to branch off from there. No, we're having the snapshot of the eternal now. We're in the eternal now. Each time is, uh, but it's been done before. But never mind, let's move right. on. Right, if it's been done before, then the future is already written. This is this is the logic, right? And th- the thing is, is, okay, if there can be a future that already exists, then it's already been done, right? It has to mm-hmm. be. There can't be any other way. Because nobody yeah. could come back to the from the future if the future didn't already exist. Yes, and if that's nothing why- changes... If nothing changes in that process, then destiny is a logical consequence. There can't be any other way. If things are going to change, the only way they could change is by when something comes back from the future to a certain point in time that it branches off another universe and carries on with the evolution of that one with whatever changes the person from the future made. Yes, uh, Dr. Sarfati does feel an imperative to create low-power warp. And he's probably done it before, a causal loop. Diana, I hate to interrupt you because we're down to like one segment in a minute here. Low-power warp. Now, when we think of warp, we think engage. It's warp factor seven. And it's kind of like, it's not seven times the speed of light. It's, it's much more complicated. What is low power warp in 30 uh, seconds or less? <laughs> um, it involves metamaterials, which are a coming thing that uh, science is using uh, for cloaking. Uh, we're using it today for cloaking military advanced aircraft. It's incorporated into the skin of a craft. In uh, uh, nano, uh, there would be lattices of metamaterial, like Russian dolls, of uh, different uh, scales. Um, And then the uh, Tic Tacs, like the Nimitz and Roosevelt uh, experience, likely have outer skins in which these exotic quantum materials are inbuilt. And it's impossible to do this in a brief amount of time. Let's continue this in our next segment, final segment. Diane Tessman, Gene and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. 
Attack of the Rockoids, and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Do you want to give you and your loved ones premium nutrition right now? Hi, I'm Jamel Bookaboo from TeamGaday.com and the GCN Longevity Health Team. Get your premium nutrition formulated by world-renowned naturopathic doctor, Dr. Joel Wallach at Wholesale, or also become a distributor and earn income while supporting this broadcast. Go to TeamGaday.com via the shopping cart or contact form, and I'll get back to you with support personally. That's TeamGaday.com with Longevity. TeamGaday.com. In today's world, violent crime can victimize anyone, anytime. When violent crime confronts you, will you be able to protect yourself and your loved ones? For personal protection training, there's none better than FrontSight, the world's premier firearms training facility near Las Vegas, Nevada. Learn firearm skills from FrontSight's world-class instructors, led by FrontSight's founder and director, Dr. Ignatius Piazza. Whether you're in law enforcement, the military, or a private citizen, after your first firearm training course at FrontSight, you'll leave with skills that surpass 99% of the gun-owning population, guaranteed. And now, you and your family can train at FrontSight free of charge. Yes, free. Go now to frontsite.com slash radio to secure a $2,000 four-day defensive handgun course. Absolutely free with no catch. Enter F-R-O-N-T-S-I-G-H-T dot com slash radio. Act now before these free courses are all taken. Secure your free four-day course at frontsite.com slash radio. Frontsite, America's gun training destination. Extendivite really works. Just listen to what Dr. Joe has to say. Hypertension runs in my family, unfortunately. I started having problems a number of years ago, and I had heard the commercials a number of times, and I personally do not like the idea of being on medication. <laughs> Even though I'm a physician, you would think, you know, that's our thing, but we just don't like it. So I, I figured, you know, I'll start the product, and I did, and I got to tell you, it does help. By the grace of God and that product, you know, my labs come back really good all the time, right on the money. I used to always have like cold toes in the winter time and I used to love going down to Florida for my medical conferences. But since I've been taking the product regularly, I don't have that problem anymore. You got a great product there, Don, and I just wanted to tell you how appreciative I am. Thank you so much. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extend Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So Diane Tessman, as we talk about low-power warp, this is not a propulsion system then? 
it is uh, okay. Metamaterials have strange electromagnetic properties. They form a latticework kind of structure. Technically, uh, it means you can send an EM field into metamaterial. It can develop negative energy density, and that will cause anti-gravity. But the problem is. Even though negative energy density is formed inside the metamaterial, it is too weak of a field. We would need a Jupiter-sized amount of energy, or we did need that much. But Dr. Sarfati, with his low-power warp, feels that he has discovered a way to use less energy because warping space, the problem has always been it takes so much energy. So the metamaterial space-time gets less stiff inside the metamaterial, which can easily be warped with tiny amounts of electromagnetic stress energy current densities. By the way, there's a book out there, if you go online, from Jack Serfati, which is called Low Power Warp Drive for Dummies. And I hope there is also a version called Low Power Warp Drive for Supreme Dummies, because that would make it a lot easier. But that's what the book is. I'm looking here at the whatever it is. It would be nice to have a better way of traveling, because the way we do is so inefficient. And is Low Power Warp Drive means that doesn't use a lot of energy? Is it free energy or what? It becomes, it's the metamaterials are the key because they have strange electromagnetic properties that use a very small amount. The stiffness of space-time becomes more fluid. Refraction becomes large. The speed of light becomes small. There is formed a warp bubble around the craft with zero G-force inside. A very small amount of energy is then used. The amount of energy used has always been the stumbling block of warping space-time. But low-power warp solves this. So he feels that the Tic Tacs that did the incredible maneuvers, the pilot or the system operating the Tic Tac, uh, which was probably artificial conscious intelligence, he feels. It's a far-field electromagnetic... Whoops, now I got a cat on, uh, in the middle of my... Um, anyway, maybe maybe that's, the that's cat has a theory. Maybe the cat has a theory. <laughs> well, you know, Sarfati has been... He's a maverick, but he really is brilliant, and he's been around a long time. I mean, he's been connected with the CIA and the... Uh, he's gone to the best schools and he knew all the Richard Feynman and all the famous uh, physicists. He was the hippie that changed uh, quantum physics or one of the hippies that that changed quantum physics. There was a book, a bestseller on that. So I, I know that it's kind of easy to take him lightly, but I don't think he should be taken lightly. However, if this isn't the key, I think we'll get the key to time travel. I just have that much confidence in us. Well, it would certainly be a lot of fun if we can do it, depending on the consequences. I just hope that we don't end up like the Wave Rider in the Legends of Tomorrow TV show. Have you ever seen that, Diane? No, I haven't. Uh -uh. Okay, well, it's DC Comics, if anyone is interested. And the Wave Rider is a spaceship. It's kind of like a glorified... TARDIS, except it's not bigger on the inside than on the outside. It's a right, pretty traditionally yeah. shaped spacecraft that can go either through time or space. 
and it's where it goes through time where things get messed up. Why are we so fascinated with time travel? Is it because we just want to fix the errors of the past? That would keep us going full time. No. Why are we so fascinated with ETs and UFOs? Uh, Because they're there, I guess. And again, I don't think we're fixing anything. I think this is the the normal flow of things. Not to get into that again, um, I think there is a consciousness bridge between the past, the present, and the future. Of course, we're always in the eternal now. But, you know, we we do genealogy research and we maybe find out that our grandmother was uh, survived the Irish famine, the potato famine. She maybe came to Ellis Island and maybe she inspires us. We didn't know these things about about our our ancestors. And there's got to be a bridge to the future, which I think is why Star Trek has always been so popular and why. Perhaps the best of Star Trek isn't all about space wars and and, uh, stuff like that, but science fiction plots that that make sense, that ask questions about us. So I think the future makes us ask questions about ourselves, including stuff like nuclear, the use of uh, nonchalant use of, of nuclear energy. While there's clean nuclear energy, what happens when the ocean rises a bit, because uh, nuclear plants are always uh, based on on rivers or some kind of water input. So I think it's consciousness comes into play because, you know, what does it mean to to be a species? We don't even think of that. We're, we're so sort of segregated one from the other, whether it's by religion or race or politics. And the fact is, we are moving through space-time on this rock. We're supposed to be the sentient species of this little planet. And uh, there's a huge lesson to be learned here, or not lesson, but a, a sense of our evolution and the fact that evolution does does happen, does exist, and that we're going to be in the future or we're not going to be in the future. Okay, Future Humans and the UFOs is the book. Diane, do you plan on any subsequent books on this subject or some new stuff? What? Um, I'm still fascinated with this subject. I think it's the answer to quite a bit. Uh, but right now, I'm just enjoying time on my cat sanctuary. I have 10 acres. They were my best friends when I was a little girl. So I, when I came back and bought the land, I wanted to do something for them. So this county has no shelter, which is pretty bad, for on the county. So I've got 51 cats currently, uh, not all in the house. On 10 acres, I have a big barn, and I'm doing that, and I'm remaining in isolation. I'm not going out, and I'm blessed not to, to have to go back out, and I'm not planning anything right now. If we want to find out more of the things you do, where do we go? I have a website at uh, www.earthchangepredictions.com and I started a teen time travel website but I discovered I'm not a very good website builder 
but it's got a, a, some good, interesting stuff on it. It's just not built correctly. <laughs> and I put out my publications, uh, Spiritual and Earth Changed Messages, and I will send a uh, free publication online to anyone who asks of my Change Times Quarterly. You can contact me through Earth Change Predictions, my main website. There's a contact path there. And uh, just enjoying being alive, I guess, and trying to avoid the virus. The book is Future Humans and the UFOs, and you can get it at all the usual offenders, Amazon, etc. Or check the website from Flying Disc Press, because they have so many really good books, Philip Mantle. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. You can find branded merchandise for the Paracast. If you go to theparacast.shop, four kinds of branded merchandise. We also have the Paracast Plus special 40% discount for as long as we have to deal with this pandemic. And what that means is for prices beginning at a buck fifty for $30 for the entire year, $4 a month, etc., etc., you get this show free of the network ads. You also get the After the Paracast podcast where you never know what's going to happen next, and quite often we don't either. For more information and to take advantage of those new prices, it's the Paracast.plus. We also now offer gift subscriptions. Check it out, the Paracast.plus. Diane Tessman, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Oh, you're welcome. I enjoyed it. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.